0: This is your host, Nicole Knight, with a quick listener note. VCB Talk is now Covetris Connected Care. With a new name, we're doubling down on our commitment to veterinary practitioners. Each episode of Kvetra's Connected Care will dive into the technologies and innovations that are improving the world of animal health to help you and your team tackle the real-world challenges that we've all lived, from the front desk to the exam room and beyond. Now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Covetris Connected Care, a podcast that strives to inform and empower veterinary professionals across the animal health journey. I'm your host, Nicole Knight. Today, we're talking with Ying Chen, Chief Customer Officer Product at Covetris. Ying has spent 20 plus years in the business to business technology industry and importantly, she brings an empathetic lens to understanding what practices really need from technology these days to be successful. Let's face it, technology is an essential bedrock of our work lives, yet how do we make that link between what technology can enable and the clinical and business goals that practice teams are trying to accomplish? How can we improve Pet health, nurture stronger client relationships, maintain or grow revenue, all while working with a team that's already stretched to capacity. If you're considering updating your technology soon or maybe in the coming years, Ying offers practical steps for your modernization journey. She suggests tools to adopt and which ones to say no thanks to. You'll hear her advised practices to start with what she calls small T technologies that can make a big impact. For example, think about using technologies for appointment management or client communications that will free up team members' time and build more proactive client relationships. Ying also tells us how Covetris used an empathetic lens to create the industry's first veterinary operating system, PULSE. She says PULSE is the integrated, seamless, yet modular technology that practitioners have been asking for. She digs into those terms. What does it mean? Seamless and modular. As Ying notes, delivering great pet care is a team effort. Yet so many practices today are saddled with tools that do not talk to each other. This is an episode chock full of valuable insights. So let's dive right in. Hi Ying, welcome to Kvetra's Connected Care. So for starters, we like to kick it off with hard hitting questions. So any four-legged friends at home?
1: Yes. And I like this uh, hard question. <laughs> I hope the rest of the questions <laughs> will be this hard. So I do. Her name is Clara. She is a Jack Russell, Rat Terrier, and God knows what else mix. She's a puppy. So um, because of her breeds, I guess, she is double feisty, super stubborn, very, very curious. And by the way, she's got both my husband my son and myself wrapped around her little paw. So, so yeah, it's Clara's world and we're just living in it.
0: Same over here. I have a little small Pomeranian. She's 11 though, and it's Roxy's world. I'm just, I'm just living in it. (laughs) Okay. So switching gears onto something a little bit more serious. You have more than two decades of experience in the B2B software industry. During your career, you've pushed the technological envelope. For example, when you were at an MIT Media Lab spinoff, Luminoso, if I have that right. That's right. Okay, which focused on teaching machines to process natural language the way humans do, amazing. So the idea there was to help organizations digest massive amounts of qualitative data, more than humans could do on their own. More recently, you served as general manager and vice president at HubSpot. Now at Covetris, how are you applying your trove of technology to the world of animal health? I think it's
1: easy to forget because we have so many technological advances these days, whether it's with machine learning or big data or IoT or, you know, crypto, blockchain. I mean, the list keeps going on and on. But I think what people tend to forget is the fact that technology really exists to help improve the lives of humans. And what it does is it really makes it so that the things that we couldn't do before it really makes it possible. So as an example, when I was at Luminoso, what they were trying to do is to basically teach machines to understand language in the way that humans do without lots of lots of examples because um, we know that organizations everywhere, whether you're at a university trying to issue a student survey about their living experience or a, a company that's trying to deliver a product and service and you wanna know what your customer's experience with that product is, or you're a gaming company trying to understand people's experiences with the game. Doesn't really matter, but the, the need to understand that qualitative feedback, is very hard today without technology. And so what technology was able to do in that context is be able to understand qualitative feedback at scale, the way that humans understand language. So, for example, if if you if your niece and I'm just making some assumptions, <laughs> not knowing your if you have any siblings, by the way, but you know, say say a not young yet. girl. There you go, there you go. So, I hope <laughs> I didn't give away any secret family <laughs> secrets here. But say, for example, um, if you were to teach a child um, what a cat is, and you just pointed out, "Hey, that's a cat. It's an orange cat, right?" The next time that they see a Siamese cat, you can just say, oh, by the way, that is also a cat. You didn't need to tell your niece or, you know, secret family members (laughs) a hundred times like that's a cat. That's a cat. That's a cat. Right. So being able to teach machines to think and understand language the way that human like a human child does makes it so that organizations, whether it's employee feedback or if it's, you know, understanding customer feedback at scale, that's what that technology enables. So what I'm hoping to bring to the animal health industry is that just basic drive and understanding of how do we understand from an empathetic standpoint, what what is it that practices these days really need from technology? And then making sure that we're making the link between what the technology can able to what is it that they're trying to do at scale. So given the fact that the industry right now is dealing with shortages on talent and challenges of retaining talent against a backdrop of rising demand from a pet parent perspective, this is where having technology that can provide more self-service or technology that can take on the role of helping you build more proactive relationship with your customers, such as through client communication tools, That's where we're really focused on in
0: terms of creating value. So that makes so, so much more sense. And I love the aspect of listening to what they need from us versus technology kind of dictating what they should, uh, how they should run their practice. We don't want to do that, obviously. Okay, so I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Get ready. Gartner expects 70% of customer interactions this year to involve some form of emerging technology, whether that's mobile messaging, machine learning apps or chatbots, that's compared to 15% in 2018. So just four years ago, it was 15%. Now they're saying 70, seismic shift, clearly. Yet our industry doesn't necessarily embrace emerging technology. Is it the way we talk about technology? industry attitudes about technology or something else do you think?
1: I think it's a combination of a lot of those things that you just mentioned right so I think first and foremost technology is on the rise there's a lot of new technologies that have become more widely available and actually more pervasive such as chatbots as an example right like if you and I were chatting maybe three years ago That was back in the days when people were basically questioning the validity of chatbots. But these days, chatbots are almost a standard of how you actually provide self-service. There's just a lot of these new technologies that are coming on the scenes where it's very confusing for a practice that's just focused on making sure that they're attracting the right talent and they're retaining the staff and making sure that their pet parents both existing pets, but also for future pet parents, they want to build relationship are happy. So it's a lot of dimensions that practices have to think about. And given the fact that we've done a lot of studies, and uh, as does uh, some of the other industry organization, change management is hard. On average, our understanding is that most practices don't even think about um, changing something as critical as their practice management software for probably Five to seven years, because, again, if you think about how challenging it is to make a different decision about something that is at the heartbeat of your practice, which I'll get to a little bit later, changing behavior is really, really challenging. So I think that there is a little bit of change management, confusion about all the technologies that are available and how do I make it relevant to a practice that looks like me. Have the kind of staffing that I have, have the kind of patient that I have. So, again, I think it's a combination of a lot of these different things newness of the technology, challenges around the reality of running a practice. And basically, you know, veterinarians didn't go to school to run a business. They also didn't go to school to run their internal IT, right? And so I think that this is where it's really challenging for our industry because of the fact that you have so many of these forces that's kind of working against them in terms of being able to think about that technology in a different way.
0: And they're not really thinking about how the technology could ultimately maybe help them shift from the reactive mode, not that they're wanting to be in reactive mode, but more into a proactive and then maybe ultimately like a predictive mode where they could predict versus just reacting to what's on their doorstep right now
1: yeah and I think again it goes back to the the technologies that are gaining a lot of eye share ear share you know are basically the the big technology I'm going to say big big technology meaning artificial intelligence these super sophisticated micro robots or microprocessors that you can implant in the collar and try to like take, you know, millions of images. And and at the end of the day, I was recently at a conference where uh, it was interesting because I was listening to a panel talking about next generation of technology. And interestingly enough, many a lot of many of the practice owners raised their hand and kind of said, I'm a small practice of maybe two veterinarians in Iowa, how, how can I take advantage of all these fancy technology that you just talked about, like that collar with the IoT embedded inside? I don't have data scientists. I'm, I'm looking for people who can do my accounting, <laughs> my billing and managing just, you know, my back office at the same time, you know, how, how do I make the big technology relevant to us? And I think that this goes back to something that you just said, which is, you know what, to build relationship with technology, it doesn't have to be the big technology with the big B. They can start with the small technology, like the small T, not the big T in the big technology, something like self-scheduling, right? Online appointment management, that's helping you build relationship, right? Because you can use automated technology to send them reminders. About upcoming appointments. That's building relationships. Or say, hey, you know what? By the way, uh, we need some updated information about your insurance, or we need some updated information about the medication that your pet is basically taking right now. So things like that that you can use technology again, small t, not big t, to be able to lean into some of those technology are where I think it will make this adoption. Curve a little bit better rather than sort of like the big T of technology.
0: Right. When you break it down like that, it seems much more manageable and, and very applicable and useful, no matter what size your practice is. So, speaking of technology, during the pandemic, BETS tried out new tools like you were talking about and other ones such as telemedicine applications. Yet, we know challenges remain. For example, 94% of vets surveyed by Covetris while they told us they struggle to find the time to get everything done in their day. Not to downplay systemic workforce issues, but looking at current pain points through our tech lens, how can practices turn today's challenges into opportunities? So first and
1: foremost, telehealth is very challenging, because as you know, there's not a definition in terms of standards of care within our industry. And I think the the, the, the challenge, even though some of these um, practices are leaning into technology a little bit more than they used to, but I think it's still keeping in mind, what are some of the business process that you need to transform to drive a more efficient practice, right? So for example, do you really need to have a fully fleshed out telehealth offering? Like, Do you really need to go 100% into telehealth where I know that there are significant questions on the part of the practices in terms of, well, how do I charge for these services? Is there something some, somehow that's inherently different about the value of a telehealth consultation versus a in-clinic consultation? So there's a lot of unresolved challenges as opposed to saying, okay, so what is the goal I'm trying to accomplish here? I want to be able to make sure that I'm seeing the patients that need the most amount of care. It's really about making sure that you're effectively prioritizing and giving time to pets that need the most care. Whereas uh, if pets that don't require immediate care, you're able to effectively manage. That appointment process. So again, I think it's it's a lot of really leaning into what is the outcome that you're trying to drive. Are you trying to make sure that you're reducing the amount of time you're spending with patients, therefore expand your opportunity to see more patients, or is it about building relationship with the pet parents because right now you don't really communicate with them unless it's a transactional based requirement, which is an appointment where maybe they need a prescription fill. So it really depends on the business objective that you're trying to drive. And that's how you can basically mirror the technology to what is it that you're trying to drive. And then again, in all cases, think about technology that you understand, small T, don't worry about the big (laughs) T, because chances are, when you need to worry about the big T, you'll have the value proposition to drive that BT but for the moment think about what is it that is the most painful for your practice either to deliver care or drive outcome yeah i like
0: that let's drill down on that a little bit more so where specifically, if I can put you on the spot a bit, where specifically could they expect to see gains from technology? And I'm just thinking about some of the areas you mentioned, client communications, prescription management and delivery, wellness plans, and so on. Could you walk us through a few examples of where the, you know, the small T technology could help with those areas or other ones if you want to pick other ones?
1: Three technology that are small t that can make a big impact, I would suggest start with client communications. It's a small t that everybody understands, adds a lot of value because you're empowering the pet parents to do more through self-service. Second small t would be integrated payments because you don't have time to mess around (laughs) with reconciling payments. Also, it could shave up uh, enough time across the end of every one of your appointments so that you could actually maybe even fit additional appointments throughout the day in terms of that efficiency gain. Last part, lean into proactive prescribing. Look for opportunities where the software can make the process of you writing those proactive scripts easier and allows uh, your veterinarians to be able to do approvals and renewals seamlessly in an integrated way so that again, it just it helps to provide pet parents with the with the medicine that they need without triggering the unnecessary volume or visit to the clinic. And that's why we're really excited about Pulse, our new vet operating system.
0: Yes. Tell me more about Pulse.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, a problem that we're all too familiar with, because of the fact that there's so many choices out there, whether it's a client communication application, separate payments provider, uh, care plans, teletriage, the list goes on and on. What we realize is the fact that you know to deliver care to a pet, it takes the entirety of the veterinary team, and then having these tools that don't talk to each other, or it takes a lot of human wrangling across all of these different applications to deliver care to that pet. It's just, it's not good at practice. It's not helping them drive really great outcome. It's creating inefficiency. And in a time when you're struggling to attract talent, retain talent, rising pet parent demands and needs, you don't have time to wrangle applications. And that's why we envision Pulse as that new vet operating system because at the center of Pulse is the practice management system that's already in the cloud. So it makes sure that, again, none of the teams, doesn't matter where their background is, nobody actually signed up to do IT for the practice, right? So again, removing that friction of Wait a minute, I have to manage servers? You don't need that. You don't have time for that. So it's at the core of Pulse. It's our practice management software with really great electronic medical record, which is the center of the practices universe. And again, we built that experience in the cloud because we don't envision you having large IT teams maintaining software. Around that, though, is built a really killer integrated experience around client communications. So that as you're booking appointments or as you're sending out reminders, everything is integrated. So you you basically have a record of the client communication, but also it empowers you to be able to send targeted reminders. So that, again, you're building that relationship at the same time as you're driving that really great pet parent experience. Another application that we're very excited about driving is this proactive prescribing. Because being able to integrate directly inside of this vet operating system, the ability to do proactive prescribing creates so much value. Because imagine, you know, you're a veterinarian. Now you can go to your tasks and see a list of approvals and renewals that with the simple click of a button, you can basically approve and also renew a lot of these prescriptions so again to be able to provide that value proposition is incredibly um, valuable so again I think it's really thinking about how do we have the teams spend less time wrangling applications, but making sure that everything that they do centers around how do you deliver really great care for this particular pet and how do you make sure that you're serving the pet parent who may have multiple baby starlings that they're entrusting your practice with to be able to make sure that you know you can bring a holistic view into their pet and also support, you know, driving a better collaboration across your teams and really getting to that really great outcome.
0: You were talking about the perspective of the veterinarian, but I want to probe a little bit more too, because obviously there's a variety of different types of contributors in a practice. So if I'm, for example, a veterinary practice technician, what would be the benefit to me of of PULSE?
1: The way that we envision PULSE, and that's why we say it's a vet operating system, we envision PULSE as the one application for the veterinary team. We know the importance of having that one tool, that one application that anybody on the team can go into and have visibility into where does the pet on their journey for this particular visit, where are the opportunities for you to create value. So if you are at the front desk, right, you want to make sure they have a really great check-in and a really great checkout experience. If you're the veterinary tech, you want to make sure that as you're getting the critical information about the pet how do you reduce the the amount of time that you need to talk with the pet parent and also get critical information from the pet like taking temperature and things like that in the most seamless way possible and by and what we do there is we make sure that the the flow that the process needs to go through to take care of the pet throughout the journey of the care Is fully configurable so that if you have a specific flow that you want to be able to onboard a patient and take them through the care journey, you can tailor that to your practice. So, again, it's really about bringing the different members of the team together rather than forcing them into a predefined workflow that they have to do to fit into your software.
0: That sounds ideal because the last thing that a practice needs to do right now is change their workflows. Switching gears, choosing the right technology. So we've had a a really robust discussion about technology, but we have to say, you know, choosing the right technology does represent an investment of time. It represents an investment of attention. But if a practice thinks, yes, I want to modernize, how can practice leaders decide which tools to adopt and which ones to pass over?
1: I think this goes back to the big T and the little T conversation. And it has to be all around what is the single most important thing that you can do for your practice that will deliver value for your team and then deliver value for the pet parents? I know that that's kind of counterintuitive, but when I think about the state of practices today, it's definitely one of those you got to put the mask on first before you help people. Because of the fact that, again, practices are struggling to find talent and retain them. So it's really important when you think about the role of technology, you got to think from the perspective of what is the one area that we can improve for my staff that will make their lives easier? If that is making sure that you offer online scheduling because people are calling the practices to make appointments and that's just not a good use of anybody's time. That's a starting point for you. Or if it's about, hey, you know what? We want to be able to because we're seeing a lot of new pets that really will want to drive better compliance. So, again, this is where something like a Care plan could be very, very useful in terms of driving that compliance because we have seen and studies have shown, (laughs) as Nicole knows, that care plans are really great at driving compliance. And if you have a systematic way that allows, um, pet parents to drive that compliance in a way that matches up with how all of us are experiencing the world these days, a subscription model that makes it a little bit more manageable. So I I would say that that's another area of technology that you may want to lean into. And I say technology because there's so many advances that can make the administration and the management of these plans really easy now. There, There are capabilities that exist today that can help you. But again, if you're really concerned about driving compliance, care plan technology is a great area for you to kind of think about. So I would say the advice is, You know what your teams need. Go after the area that can make the most amount of impact for your team, and the rest will follow.
0: So true. So, finally, last question a little bit more of a personal note. As a leader, how do you nurture innovation and creativity in your team to continually drive technology forward to help? our practices, and ultimately, our pet parents and pet patients today?
1: Yeah, I love that question. Because I think in general, when people talk about innovation, they think it's like science fiction, giant, again, innovation with a big eye. I think you're hearing a theme here, right? Big eye versus little eye. (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) It shouldn't be that way. Right?
1: Exactly. And, and you know, and even if I look at some of the innovations that have happened recently, that I personally have found just so much value are things around like expense reports, right? You know, like an organization like Expensify. Slack, when I think about Slack, is it rocket ship to the moon? No, it just makes it so that you can actually Talk with your teammates in a more holistic, fun kind of fashion. So I think that that's the way that the team and I think about innovation, which is starting with empathy. Think about where the users are coming from. And we we do the best we can. You know, obviously, there, there's no substitute than just actually spending time at the practice. But given all of the challenges around COVID, and of course, we don't want to create more chaos in the practice for our customers. But we do a lot of uh, listening. We do a lot of webinar sessions. We also look at what's happening within the application as well. So we take a data-driven approach, but we also talk to our customers. So again, it's really about having that discipline of listening and understanding what your customers are going through and look for opportunities to add the light as a part of that journey as a part of that experience and that's how we think about innovation and i'm always the first one to basically say you know what if if you want to go to the moon you don't start with building a rocket right <laughs> you, you got to get somewhere in between small steps towards building towards that bigger vision and so it's all about having that mindset of what is the most valuable product. How do you create value in an area that they need a little bit more transformation? And thinking creatively about how can you rethink the picture a little bit differently, but recognizing what's happening within the practice, because then that tells you the opportunity that you have to transform. How it is that they're working and adding that delight into the equation. So it's all about the small I. It's all about empathy, really understanding, embedding yourself with our customers, your users. And then think about how do you create delight around the experiences that you're trying to deliver using technology?
0: I love the idea of creating delight. I haven't heard that before. We need a little more delight these days, right? Exactly. And small D, small delight, not big <laughs> D. we've had no capitals in this conversation (laughs) exactly no capitals allowed well this has been a really fascinating discussion ying thank you so much for your time thank you Ying offered so many impactful suggestions for practices this episode. These days, as practices are challenged to attract, and retain talent, and meet rising pet parent demands and needs. She underscored the fact that teams do not have the time to wrangle applications. As Ying explained, Pulse envisions a different way. At the core of Pulse is practice management software. It connects with an ecosystem of Kvetris applications and third-party apps too. Pulse works for you. And within your existing workflows, it doesn't force you to change the way you care for pet patients. If you're considering new technology, Ying offered concrete steps. Start the process by pinpointing the business objective or objectives you're trying to achieve. Then Ying encourages practices to consider small T technologies that can make a big impact. Here are three places you might wish to start. Number one, client communications. Client communications is a technology that's easy for your practice teams to understand and get behind. With client communications, you are empowering your pet parents to do more through self-service, and that is valuable now more than ever. Encouraging clients to take advantage of self-service tools might mean fewer calls to your practice, more time for staff to focus on great pet care, and happier clients who can help themselves when and how they want to. Number two, think about integrated payments. Busy staffers these days need fewer steps in their workday, not more. Integrative payments eliminate the need to reconcile payments at the end of every appointment. Shaving just a few minutes off of each visit could give practices enough time to fit in an additional appointment. That way, more pets get access to care. Plus, your clinic can increase revenue with that added appointment if you'd like. And finally, number three, lean into proactive prescribing. Look for opportunities where software enables veterinarians to perform approvals and renewals seamlessly and in an integrated way. The benefit is ensuring the pet has the prescription they need without the pet parent making an unnecessary call or visit to the clinic. And that wraps up this episode of Covetra's Connected Care. If you enjoyed what you heard, please, please subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss a single episode. Also, like or review the podcast. It helps new listeners to find us. Thanks today to our guest Ying Chen and art director Amanda Kelly, who created the new look for the show.